Hi, and welcome to the eighth episode of Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz. I'm excited to announce that we've finally broken 500 downloads and the podcast is growing and I just hope that you're sharing it. Please go ahead and join it on iTunes, Spotify, share it. Um, I'm excited about what's coming forth. I can actually feel and see this podcast growing. I, I think as I've, you know, I just stepped into it, just feeling that inspiration that this is part of my purpose at this time. And I, I'm excited for where it's going. I can actually see I've got, you know, five or six topics I know that we'll be speaking about over the next couple months. And these are all topics that not only have changed my life, but changed the lives of people that I've worked with for the last 11 years. So I hope that they'll help you. Um, I know these principles are true and that we need correct principles in which to operate from so we can break broken patterns and traditions and break free of things that are what we'll talk about today, low frequency, and they're just not part of us. Today, we're going to talk about working from abundance or breaking free of scarcity mentality, but I like to focus on the positive and we'll talk about why that is. In, to in society today, there is so much noise. Tell me you don't feel that way. I have days where I just, I mean, even right now, I'm looking at a pile of books. I ordered two new books that I'm hoping to read. And I had an experience this week where I was like, I don't even know where to start. There's so many good choices. There's so much information. That's almost part of the problem, right? There's so much noise. And I have a hard time sometimes dialing in and figuring out what's for me, right? We can't be everyone else, right? We can't do every role. We have to figure out what our role is, what our piece of this purpose and passion of life and this uh, this rolling forth of of things here is about. And I and I think that that is something that requires us to really tune in to our abundance and to our true and highest self. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I'd like to th you to think of yourself like a radio tower. Okay, you are. This is something I often teach to teenagers because it's very clear when I've done seminars with them. But you are both receiving and sending out frequency, okay? And we really have frequency. All objects have frequency. Inanimate objects, color has frequency. This is something, this is scientific. I love neuroscience and you know quantum physics because we have this understanding. The mental health field really started to change when we, we could see the unseen, right? When we started to have these electromagnetic fields that we could look at, you know, we could see them. And understand that it's not just me and you, but it's me and you. And we're having this interaction between each other, you know, between each other. Uh, traditional mental health has been very cognitive behavioral. Like it's all about changing your thoughts, changing your life. And I'm not going to say that that's not really important. It is. But I've had many conversations with people realize where I'm like, hey, you know, what if the thought is coming from, you know, the trauma or, or it's coming from something low frequency and it's really just popping up based out of this brokenness or this thing that's foreign to you. If you're just working on the thought, you're not really getting at the root of the problem. You know, it's a communication to you. So it's really important to kind of step back and a little bit bigger. And this is where conscious mindful living really started to come in and replace just the standard CBT, change your mindset kind of things. Uh, we really want to observe and understand and look at the totality of the person. So we're going to be doing that today in this podcast. Um, because again, I take that body, mind, and spirit approach to mental health. And it just takes us that layer deeper because 90% 
of what we're dealing with is in the subconscious. And we're working from 10% when we just use our thoughts and our mind, right? Because we're mind and we're body and we're spirit. And what you've probably seen as a common link in this podcast is that that our spirit holds the greatest wisdom. It has that greatest understanding of who we are. That is where our purpose and our passion is found. So if we're just in our mind, we're just in our ego and we're in our painful experience. We're in what we've learned here. And as long as that's been good learning, great. But for most of us, there's been a lot of conditioning there that we're wanting to break free of and we're wanting to step into something higher, something that feels better on us, in us. Um, and that's going to be alignment with our spirit, not necessarily our mind. Okay. So just looking at that for a minute. So as a radio tower, you have to ask yourself, what are you tuned into? Is what you're tuned into, is it raising your energy and your mood? Is it helping you feel centered or is it taking away from that? There's a book that a friend sent to me. I actually really kind of dig it. Um, I often sometimes dabble in the understanding of how to use essential oils also to help our bodies. And some of you are really into those and I actually find them to be helpful. Um, there's science to them as well. They they hit the they help the amygdala. They they help they hit different um, parts of our brain and actually stimulate them. So there's really a lot of science between oils and how they help at this point. I think they're good in combination with other things, right? I don't think anything's an end all in itself. But this book, which I'm going to throw a, a shout out to because I really liked it, is "I Am Worthy: A Journey of Self Acceptance" by Desiree. Oh, I'm not going to say her last name right. Manga dog. And she's just someone who has kind of a real specialty in this. So a friend sent me this and I really, really like it. I just want to suggest it to you. People send me things because they know I'm interested and I just love that. So thank you. Um, I consider noise to be an idea, a thought, energy, or emotion that does not belong to you. It does not resonate with the true nature of your soul. That's noise. Okay. Um, we want to clear external noise, right? Because that excessive critic, that excessive scarcity gets in the way of us really stepping into our true and highest self. All right, so here, let's hear some example of noises. Negative opinions and judgments, they can be spoken or unspoken. Remember, you're like a radio tower, so you're sending out things that you're not even saying. Um, again, and we'll talk about how that process works later on this podcast, but we have a thought, that thought moves into actual energy, and then that sends out frequency. So have you ever felt like someone has just bad vibes, or you can feel them looking at you? That's why that is. There is mirror neurons that are passed between us. There's this energy that is passed even non-verbally. We do get a sense of thoughts. Um, it's To me, it's kind of like the science of prayer, right? People will say, hey, I can feel your prayers. Well, guess what, guys? You're sending that out. It's it's traveling on this non-seen field. And it's I believe it's being picked up by other people. There is science to this. It is really cool that we can actually see it now. Um, another type of noise is disempowering thoughts, emotions of people around you. Again, you're picking that up. Media, including movies, shows, documentaries, videos, interviews that create more fear and anxiety. Look at the, the base energy of something that you're watching, right? Is it fear-based? Is it doomsday? Is it negative. It doesn't have hope, a hopeful message. If it doesn't, guys, I don't know that it's helpful to you. You know, it's good. You can get the information. My husband and I subscribed recently to a magazine called Positive News because we noticed our son is very conscious of the world and we love that. We love that he has a heart for that. But I'm sorry, social media today isn't always painting a happy picture. It doesn't sell, right? So all that we're seeing is the negative. It was really cool for him to start reading these articles about how, you know, healthcare 
in you know African countries is better than it's ever been. It just all these things that are happening around the world that like really show that there's a lot of good things happening. A lot of good people are standing up and changes are being made in society. News would tell us that that's not happening. And again, that gets on our that gets on our sphere and that gets in our and that's what we're transmitting. And everything's doomsday and that's all I'm picking up. That's all I'm seeing. So we want to think about that. Physical environments that drain your energy, excessive scrolling through those social media platforms. Oh, man, social media is so addictive, you guys. I, it And it doesn't typically push us towards feeling good about ourselves. It either pushes us to, again, scarcity mentality. I'm either better than, I'm in competition with, or I'm less than others. And so we have to really be careful about using that medium uh, to our highest good. And lastly, advertisements. I see this a lot with eating disorder work. You know, who says that you're supposed to look a certain way? You know, loving and accepting our bodies, you know, health at every size is, is just definitely something that I believe in. And we'll have a podcast coming up about that. A really great contributor that's going to come speak to us this summer about that. But we really want to look at what we're taking on, right? Are they, is it breeding confusion, mood swings, depression, fear, anxiousness, and irritability? You guys got to, we got to learn to clear the noise and set these healthy boundaries so that your environment can have a little less impact on you. You know, we want to stand in places that that lift us up and with people that lift us up. It gets really hard when it gets to people, right? Because sometimes people, even though we love them, they're just not bringing out the best in us. And I always say that bring them to your frequency then, right? Invite them to where you are, but don't lower yourself to, to that lower frequency because that doesn't help anyone. It's like you're both drowning. All right, so the joyful path is really this seeking that uniqueness and that courage to be authentic, to be you, to step into your own energy, right? To set your radio tower to what really is unique for you. What I, what I often see with this scarcity mentality that, that gets in the way, and we'll be talking about that, is that people don't allow allow themselves to be their unique selves. They've really bought into that there's a right way or there's a wrong way to do anything. As a mental health therapist, I have really, I often tell people when they interview me, you know, if you want to be a mental health therapist, you cannot be a black and white thinker. And they'll be like, why? And I said, because you'll see the uniqueness of human beings. You'll see how they have to apply principles to themselves uniquely and that we can't set a set of rules that 100% fits all. It just doesn't work that way. There'll be principles that fit all, right? Real true principles, but still the fit and application of those principles is as unique as we are. So there's all these colors in between. And it's really, really important that we allow that uniqueness. You know, certain family systems will have beliefs. This is what a successful person is, right? That doesn't allow for, or this is what we do in this family. Uh, That type of suffocation for people sometimes leads to rebellion. Uh, I see it a lot in parenting. Rules without relationship equals rebellion, right? We need to have this relationship with ourselves, really come to know and, and meet ourselves and understand, you know, the unique person that God created us to be and then manifest from there. Um, and have the courage to do so, even sometimes if that's different than your own family system, right? Um, I believe that we 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 came here to manifest our true and unique self, right? Let our light shine, and that's something that don't, won't always be appreciated by those that aren't tuned into your frequency. But it's something we need to do anyway. All right, so let's talk about what gets in the way. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say scarcity mentality. This is something that was kind of coined in the late, I think late 80s, early 90s by Stephen R. Covey. And he's just a a mentor of mine. I've really loved his work. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and there's a whole bunch of derivatives of that book, are really just some really great concepts. He was the first person to really script this out. 
But he said, most people are deeply scripted in what I call scarcity mentality. They see life as only having so much, as though there was only one piece of pie out there, as if someone were just to get a big piece of pie and it meant less for everyone else. This is the concept of always being in competition with others. The scarcity mentality is a zero-sum paradigm of life. People with scarcity mentality have a very difficult time sharing recognition, credit, power, or profit. Even with those who help in the production, they also have a hard time being genuinely happy for the success of other people. Abundance mentality, to the opposite, though, on the other hand, flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth or security. It is a paradigm there is plenty out there. Enough to spare for everybody. It's the result in sharing of prestige, recognition, profits, decision-making. It opens possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. And then Covey tells us that when you live in a world of scarcity, you, you compete for available resources, even when there's abundance them around. I absolutely believe uh, that God's abundant. You know, there, there's no limitation in what we can receive. The limitations are in our own mind. If I believe, here's an example, like if I believe that I have to go through a certain suffering process, right, work to a certain level, then that will be confirmed to me. I will have to go through that in order to receive that. If I believe, however, that things can flow to me, that I can be open to receiving them, then I can, then I can, they can actually flow to me with much greater quickness and frequency. That doesn't mean there isn't going to be testing. I, I find that our abundant mindset is often tested. That's part of the process here. Um, and to see if we'll stay with that. But that testing doesn't mean that things aren't flowing. Even in that testing, there's some there's a sense of abundance and like learning that's happening. Um, but it, the scarcity is the idea. There's there's you know there's not enough. We're in competition of. Um, we're not worthy of. We have to earn it. There's really a concept uh, out there that we need to earn love. That of love isn't given freely, right? We need to earn earn success, that success is, you know, some people have it and some people don't, and it's because they pay the price, right? I, I do believe that there's enough success to go around. And certainly we do things to, to attract that success, right? Um, but I think that it can be for all. And we'll be talking about that. Um, and it won't look the same. That's the other thing, right? Scarcity won't look the same for one person to another. So if my type of success is material and another person's is maybe interpersonal, we can both be successful, right? It depends on how we're defining that. Okay, so scarcity is low energy. It's low frequency. And abundant mindset is high energy, high frequency. Think about the speed of light, right? It moves quickly. You are meant, you are a being of light. Things are meant to move quickly in you. Like low energies don't suit you. They, they actually don't suit you physically, emotionally, or spiritually. You'll feel when you're in these lower mindsets, these lower, that you are actually not expanding. You'll feel stagnant. I find people who right, have really, really successful lives often feel this. Enter a story. I always like to tell stories. Okay. When I was recently, you know, lots of graduations are happening and I was at my high school that I graduated from. Ironically, my son entered it this year and we had just moved to this town three years ago. So I didn't grow up in this area where I was constantly seeing, you know, my own pathway because my kids went to schools elsewhere until the last three years. But my son literally, you know, he entered my high school and he, he's there and I'm seeing the kids with the caps and gowns and all of a sudden I'm reflecting back to high school. And I love how God teaches me three things, you know, through this kind of going back in time. I feel like moving here was really intentional for me to be able to kind of see this old stuff. And one of the things that was happening for me this day is God was showing me myself at that age. So I, I saw myself in high school and I don't say this to brag, you guys, but I, I really knocked it out of the park in high school, right? I got, you know, straight A's. I wasn't the valedictorian, but I was just slightly off of that. You know, I, 
I, I got a lot of scholarship money. You know, I got into the college I wanted to get into, yada, 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 right? And I don't say this to brag. Like, but what I'm saying is, is I achieved those external things that people would have patted me on the back and been like, that kid, that kid arrived, right? But if you ask me if I was happy my senior year, if you really talked, I would tell you no. I, I can look back and be like, I, it was actually very empty, right? I got to this level of achievement and I was like, now what? I did everything I wanted to do. And I thought that if I got there, I'd be happy, right? That's the idea of scarcity. Like if we just achieve all these things, if we just arrive, then we'll be happy. But I promise you the scarcity is not like that. That kind of perfectionism, which is a derivative of scarcity, right? And this is the kind of scarcity I was living in. That carrot is always too far in front of you. You arrive and there's just always the next thing. There's never enough because it's your, your worth is based outside of you. It's not in love, right? It's in fear of not being enough. It's in pride. It's in these things that are scarce and so that don't last. And so you get there and then, you know, it's only lasting as long as that next accolade or that next thing. And that's kind of what was happening for me. And I was really grateful because I had a good friend who on a senior picture wrote to me, you know, I hope you'll be happy, but I'm not sure you will. And I was like, what, what are you saying to me? And he basically said, because I don't, he knew me and he was someone who understood this at a young age, he was a deep thinking guy, friend of mine. And he was like, because it'll always be too far away for you. So him being one of my very best friends in high school, I'm like, why would he say such a thing, especially at, at such a time as we're all graduating? And I, I later thanked him for this. I, we met up as adults and I told him that it was one of those life-changing moments for me. But I went into college thinking, okay, that didn't work. Now I really want to be happy. And that came from stepping into love, you guys, stepping into abundance and developing my relationship with my higher power and recognizing that if I was going to have success and sustainable joy, right, it was a good, I would have to come from a different place. It couldn't be from this competition with others, this place of there's not enough to go around, but it would have to come from a, a different place, a place of loving and accepting myself and really loving and seeing the divinity in others kind of like the namaste concept, if those of you who are familiar with that. So scarcity is rooted in fear. Enter my uh, favorite, one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Timothy 1.7, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, peace, love, and a sound mind. And because that was such a powerful kind of mantra of mine, I was like, wait a minute, if I'm operating in fear, I'm not operating from spirit. I'm not in my higher power. I'm not actually feeling my power. So I need to figure out how to break this, right? What am I afraid of? That's the place you want to start. Maybe I'm afraid of not being accepted, not being worthy, af afraid of failure, right? Not fitting in with my family system, being different from, even fear of success. That's the oddest one that I see, but it's so true. Some people fear success, you guys. We do not want to let our light shine because we're afraid that we'll make others insecure or they won't accept us as we are. But there's nothing more false than that. Um, one of my favorite uh, quotes, poems that I'm going to share with you now is from Marianne Williamson. And I'm just pulling it up real quick. But Marianne Williamson changed my life on this because I was one of these. I was like, well, if I'm myself, you know, maybe I won't fit in with, you know, the people that I most love. And then God showed me this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as, you let, as we let our lights shine, we unconditionally give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear 
I think you guys just heard my computer put up a event. That's a little bonus for you. <laughs> as we let our light shine, we uncautiously give our other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that is exactly what I began to see is that as I had the, the courage, a la Brene Brown, right, to be authentic, to speak my truth, to do the things that uniquely make me happy. They were different, you guys, than some of the things that like people in my life were doing. You know, maybe it was changing the diet, our diet, the way that really suits the frequency and needs of our body. Other people in our family aren't eating that way. It can be lifestyle changes. You know, this is what I like to do for fun. And it's okay that you don't. I'm sorry, mom and dad, I don't want to follow the same profession that the entire family has followed. I'm interested in something different. I have different interests. This is how I relate to God. This is what God is showing me and telling me is working for me, you know, that he wants for me. And maybe that's not fulfilling your, you know, your needs that through me or trying to hit your insecurities as a parent through me or for me, but that this is the life that I need to live, right? So we're stepping out of that scarcity and into that abundance. So let's talk about ways to break free of scarcity here at the end, right? Because it's really important to know what it is and how it operates in order to break free of it, right? First thing you need to understand is that everything has energy. Everything has frequency. Thoughts have frequency, okay? So we thoughts come on our mind. This is where CBT really comes in, right? That cognitive behavioral therapy. But you need to understand it a little deeper. So we have these thoughts. And then if we if if we keep maybe what we try to do is change the channel right at first first of all we need to be aware of our thoughts a lot of us don't live consciously we have no idea what thoughts are on are on the stage of our mind so if you don't know that i would start there okay but if you do you kind of notice you have these dominant thoughts maybe the dominant thought is i'm not enough or i've got to be better than others or um Maybe it has to do with, you know, something you're wanting to change about yourself that you're not loving and accepting in yourself, right? So that dominant thought creates an emotion. And especially, they, this can be positive frequency, you know, high frequency, low frequency. It could go either way. But let's just say we're low frequency right now. So maybe the emotions are low emotions like fear, um, pride, um, anger. You know, these types of emotions come up. They create neurohormones, all right, so here's the neuroscience. And those neurohormones send out frequency, guys. They emit frequency. So people are picking up. People can feel your vibe, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the environment re will respond to that vibe you're sending out. So people respond to us, right? You can kind of tell when you're around somebody angry or low energy. People tend to repel from that. Or let's say if it's a rejection energy, they're going to reject you back. So unfortunately, what's happening for us is we're picking up. Um, you know, whatever we're tuned into, whatever we're sending out is what we're picking back up and then around and around it goes. So we're actually confirming our truth, whether we like it or not. So this is where we want to really consider what's on the stage of our mind and consider what frequency we're turned into. Uh, maybe relationships, media thoughts, behaviors that aren't serving you. And you're going to want to replace them with their opposites, right? If you're stepping into fear, you're going to really be conscious about stepping into love and acceptance of self, right? If you're, if you're in anger, Anger is a second emotion. So what you're going to want to do is figure out what what's what you know what more soft or vulnerable emotion is under that, and release that, let that go, and then replace it with something different. Okay, and we can talk more about that. But this is the idea, right? As you recognize what's there, and you're going to seek those higher frequencies. But I'll give you a cheat sheet. Love and gratitude are the highest frequency emotion. So if you're practicing an attitude of gratitude especially when you don't feel like it, you're stepping into this. Maybe you just think one unique thing to be grateful for every day. That's a great way to do it. 
also think about alignment, you know, whatever you're aligned with is what's showing up for you, right? So if you're wanting to align with, you know, higher energy things, that's you'll attract higher energy things, right? You'll want to think of life as happening to you, but you want to have, think of it happening for you, through you. You're receiving things. You're receiving things. There's that flow. Otherwise, you're kind of in that, I got to climb that ladder thing, and life will always be a fight for you. And ask yourself, what is not of you? You know, what subconscious reels are you stuck in? What conditioning are you replaying that maybe you don't want to replay, you know, from your from your childhood, from people that are around you? Ask your higher power to show you your lower vibrations and patterns and help you release them and replace them. I say replace over and over because it's so important to replace you guys. Um, we don't want to avoid things or try to get rid of them because, again, whatever we focus on is what is growing, is what is amplifying. So we want to focus on creating things. What are you creating in your life? What are you seeking? What are you adding to or moving toward? I promise you the things that you don't want will just drop off at that high frequency. Light always kills darkness, okay? Light will expand and fill the darkness. So just expand the light and let the darkness uh, be removed of itself, right? And lastly, Give others words of appreciation. That really breaks the scarcity. That's really hard for people stuck in scarcity mentality because they're used to focusing on where it's very ego-centered. I, me, think of think of we and others, right? Focus on really looking for the divinity and the goodness in others and sharing that with them and talking to them about it. What will happen is that'll turn around and you'll start to see that in yourself. For a lot of people who struggle with scarcity at first, they have to really kind of see it outside of them and then it becomes internalized. It starts to replace internally. I, I really want to suggest to you that you want to live a conscious life. If you haven't really understood that or felt that from these podcasts, let me just really highlight that for you. When we have a live a conscious, mindful life, we have the opportunity to respond to things versus react to them. And you have the ability to recognize when you're in scarcity and move towards abundance. Intentions are power. They're, they have frequency, and that will help create these things and have them show up in your life. Stay tuned for the next podcast. I really hope you'll tune in there. I'm going to talk about what I call the try hard give up cycle. To me, this is like the epitome of it's really connected to perfectionism. We see that addictions, but the try hard give up cycle is something that most people are caught into when they are in scarcity mentality. I bet you, you will find that you've been in it at some point in your life. And I really want to, that's going to be its own podcast. So I hope that you'll tune back in and we'll talk about how to break that and really help you step into your abundance and operate and work from love versus fear. And I'm thankful that you joined me today. I, pr I pray that you can feel love and peace and joy and operate from your true and highest self today. And I hope to hear from you next time.